Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're serving hot, fresh food 24-7. Actually, just came from there, Ramon. How are you today? I'm well, man. Before I go any further, I got to say it because it is the Ramon Foster Show. Today is my 10-year anniversary with my oh. wife, and I just have to say happy dime to my beautiful bride, Keisha, man. So, no, yes. Congrats to you and Keisha. That's Thank awesome. You. That's Thank awesome. You. What'd you get her? Uh, I got her a nice belt. She wanted something light. I, we weren't supposed to get anything. Wait, a and, what? A uh, belt? Uh, you a said belt. A- yeah, it was a Gucci belt. She wanted something nice uh, when we go out. And she told okay. me not to get it. So that ain't on her. That's on me. She mentioned this a while back. And I tricked her into saying, like, what? Hey, if, if you were a number, like, what size would you be? And she was like, in no, your size? You, yeah, you think she it. didn't see through that? She didn't. No. <laughs> Get out of she here. Didn't. You're she didn't. You're pulling no, yourself. No, she no. played you. Nah, she DK, played you she so didn't. bad. I'm, I'm that good at gift giving. Y'all put in the comments if she tricked me or not. Did, <laughs> did, I'd love to know the percentage of somebody their belt nope. size out of nowhere. No, it wasn't the size. It was just pant size at first, okay? So I didn't uh, okay. even reference it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So she thought you were getting her pants. Yeah. I don't know what she thought, but <laughs> it was just a generalized conversation one day. It worked. Let's uh, let's 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 move on to something that makes even less sense than that. <laughs> Go to Le'Veon Bell today. Put something on his Instagram page that mm-hmm. sure sounded like, although he didn't use the R word, a retirement announcement. And while yeah. that can't be much of a surprise, Moan, given the fact that he's been you know relegated to very very limited duty in recent years. Yeah, man. Uh, the fact that he announces that he's getting into boxing and that he uh, regrets now openly, publicly, not having stayed with the Steelers in 2018. What do you make of this? Let me take a a step back because I took a lot of heat for that. You remember that? I do. You were the focal point. And and a few of us took a whole lot of heat. For how we expressed our interest in that, man. One, I say congratulations. Only because if, you guys were the only ones who were honest. I just have to throw that in there. there Everybody else thought it, but only the offensive line had the stones honest. to say it. Yep. And um, we took a lot of heat for that. Specifically, I man, I was just like, wow. Like, you, you guys laugh and, and, and you'll say, do your thing. But in reality, when it all shuts down. And you've got a flat line of either your career or your time or the next phase of your life. That person in that moment themselves catch themselves in an ounce of reality. They get reality hit them while you laugh and meme and comment on social media. I'll say this. Congratulations if that is a retirement and on your next career. I commend anybody. Frank Gore did it, too. So like former football players, boxing. Like that to me, like, man, you got to be built different. And Le'Veon is that way. Um, But the fact that he openly admitted if he could go back to 2018, whether he wanted to play, whether there was a different way of navigating those waters in which he set out, if he'd come in later or something, that lets us know that our words, our message to him and around that situation was from a good place because you don't have a guy in that position say, I wish I could have went back to that moment if you didn't regret that moment. And that's where we were getting at. Yeah. Let me, for for anybody who doesn't know this backstory that we're referencing here, if you're a new football fan, if you're new to the Steelers or whatever, uh, Le'Veon Bell had his holdout, and that's actually what it was in 2018. 
uh, his agent, who has to have been the worst slash dumbest agent to ever walk the earth, came up with this wacky idea that the Steelers should pay Lev as both a running back and the receiver, a wide receiver salary, both of them, because he was really good at both. Well, guess what? That's not how it works. You know, a running quarterback doesn't get the, yep. <laughs> the passing yards like and the rushing yards. Yeah, paid yeah, separately. Yeah, in Miami. He's a dynamic tight end, but you don't pay him as a friggin' wide receiver because he catches like a wide receiver. Travis Kelsey is a very underpaid mm-hmm. guy. He get paid as a tight end because that's his position on paper. So what and happened? Yeah. So what happened is is that Ramon and the and the offensive lineman were the only ones in the locker room who spoke what everybody, and I know this for a fact because I was hearing it from them off the record, but you guys went on the record and said, hey, this this stinks. You're, you're, yeah. you're either our teammate or you're not. Get in here. Okay? And you know what? The other side of it, too, was the money aspect of it. DK, you know how this business works. There's a good bit of us in this media world. There's a good bit of us that are you know, great businessmen, got their own businesses. They navigate different lanes. But as far as the money that's made, as far as the, the the amount of changing your family's dynamic, you don't leave that on the table in those type of situations. Now, I know you better on yourself and that's fine, but you play a position that's hard. You play a position in which people hit you every single play in the lifetime of that of that position doesn't last long. And we were in a great situation. Everybody's like, you guys are pocket watching. Don't, don't worry about what he's doing with his money. You idiots. Who in their right mind in the sport of football at that position leaves $14 million on the table? We didn't from care if he- Pittsburgh, From Pittsburgh. That's yes. the thing. And you can actually come closer to criticizing the Steelers for having made the ridiculous offer that the Steelers made mm-hmm. to try to keep him. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got lucky he said no. And, and, and rightfully so because James ended up having a Pro Bowl year right after that. The train kept going, and yeah, everything falls apart in the end. That's over time. But just in general, DK, that position, and this this was, I think, just come in the building. Okay, yes, we wanted you to play, but don't give back to the owners. I love the Roonies and, and how they taking care of me and just what they mean to the NFL. But DK, I ain't giving back a dime. Who no. else is paying that way? DK, are you getting $4.2 million for four months? As a matter of fact, I am, but let's discuss something else. <laughs> no, this, this is a hard place to be. <laughs> once you're in, you're out, okay? And once you're out, you're done. And that's what happened. Yes, he got broke off in New York, but you, if you look at the taxes of Pittsburgh versus New York, New Jersey, he's probably fine. I hope he is financially. But – if you're leaving 14 on the table and the way it kind of skidded from there and the fact that he wrote a post that said if he could do 2018 differently, he would have. You tell me where you are right now to the people who say you pocket watcher this. Moan, you're talking about money now, and I know that. You're a money guy. When we come back after this break, <laughs> there's something else he left on the table in 2018. So. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, more on the Le'Veon Bell semi-pseudo quasi-retirement. Just to read you a little bit of his Instagram post here, he said, I'm excited for this next chapter of my life, my journey to be the best at what I do. The NFL's done great things for me. I truly appreciated every single year of my NFL journey. 
Obviously, I wish things would have played out differently in 2018. Like if I legit had a time machine to go back to 2018, that would be so lit for so many reasons. But I don't. All I can do, all we can do is keep moving forward with life. And he goes on to say that he's going to box Adrian Peterson with some popcorn yeah. emojis. And I'll just, <laughs> just let that one go find it for yourself, okay? Um, but Moan... We yeah. talked about the money that he left on the table. Yeah. He left something else. Yeah. He had a chance to win. Win. That, you yeah. all did. That was probably our strongest year had he come in healthy. And I got a feeling he was going to come in healthy, man. Just the amount of role players, DK, the amount of guys that were growing up in this team that actually played pretty well. Yeah, I know we missed the playoffs, but if you imagine – us with him and James Conner offensively. Those were some of the times in which we as a team, I, I would say this was kind of carrying a little bit of the, the the defense at that point, DK, where You're we were being get, way nice when you assess it that well, way. Well, because okay. I love my teammates, okay? <laughs> All right, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we hit strides in that season where it was just up and down. And you got to say to yourself, if you have the opportunity to have him, you know you are a lot stronger. Our biggest issue as a team, man, was getting everybody in building healthy. That was what we dealt with as far as us making a strong push. You look back on the year and said, did not qualify for the uh, friggin' uh, playoffs that year. We did not. But in that year, you have eight pro bowlers, man. Okay? There is a lot that went into it. Juju really had taken off right there. Like, guys played tight. You had the emergence of Alejandro even more. Dave is Dave at that point. And we didn't have a strife between Juju and A.V., Okay, like there was a lot, the opportunity to win, man, like that window, people speak about them, whether they exist or not, you know, when you have a damn good team. And that was a point in which we had a damn good team, DK. That was the start of the fall of what happened in 2019 and moving forward. And I really hate that because like we speak about the money aspect of it is one thing. This segment is talking about wins and losses and opportunity to be immortal when it comes down to. The way you snap your name in history, whether you think we were strong or not, we didn't get a chance to see that. The idea that we could have made a push and really made a run to be one of the best teams to come out. And, and one thing that has spoken about from people in the front office, they hate that group did not get a ring together, you know, and, and that was the start of the fall. Um, from what happened. Heck, I was retired the year after that. one. You know what I'm saying? Like nine, six and one was the record. And you go to the Jets the year after. Eh, that's uh, you hate that man. Even you yeah. hear you hear my tone. You know, I, I yeah, I know. And that actually probably is a, is a, the the touchiest subject anybody can bring up with you. In my experience, is is all that because I know I was also there to hear you speak in advance of those things about how how much you were willing to sacrifice in order to get that ring uh, and to enjoy that with your teammates, especially your fellow offensive linemen. And anybody who got in the way of that, including yeah, including on your own side, maybe especially on your own side, that was yeah. a problem. And that's why you made the headlines that you did. That's why Marquise made the headlines that he did. And then after that, I, you know, you know, others were trying to this and that. And the, and yeah. the head coach was just trying to move past it like he always does. We have a game coming Sunday and everything. But I got to share my own thought on Lev Go ahead. because he he's never made much sense to me in the sense that I really enjoyed dealing with him and talking to him. He always felt real. Okay. Yeah. Like there was not whatever. If you have some impression that he's some goofy flake or some AB type, no, 
He's a guy, though. He's just like, a he, guy. He's a guy. He a dude. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, and and that was every experience that I had with him. Uh, as a, as a small example, there was a home game that you guys played. Don't ask me which one. It was probably Baltimore, <laughs> but I, I, you know, where he ran and it was an it was against yeah. it, it was against a rival okay mm-hmm. and he ran hard mm-hmm. i don't know with all due respect moan if he needed you guys blocking the way he was going you know how i feel he did i know <laughs> he did but when he found contact yeah. he made he made it count and you yes, saw that did. he ramped up in divisional games he mm-hmm. did and i walked over to him this was after he was done with all the group reporters stuff yeah. and i said I said to him, I said, I see you. I see an AFC North running back. And he looks yeah. he looks up at me like this. He was already sitting. He was starting mm-hmm. to take his stuff off. He looks up at me and goes, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's the Le'Veon Bell crazy. that I got to know. I also feel that Lev might be the most gullible human being that I've ever covered. And he's, he has had all kinds of bad advice around him, including the worst agent who ever lived. Okay. You, you know what? And, and, and with that, I've kind of alluded to it. And again, his, his agent, I've met him and I told you this in, in private before. It's just like, just, he even alluded to that. I saw him at a PA meeting and he was just like, we could have still allowed. He's got some good clients too. If I'm not mistaken, I guarantee you he's learned from that. And I hate it came at the expense of a player of that caliber though. And you know, team. so I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna, gonna overly trash him in that moment, but I went back and looked back at the record of DK as far as how we lost games. The record at the end of the season was nine, six and one didn't make the playoffs. Okay. But if you listen to the losses, Ty Cleveland, we got the Patrick Mahomes that really burst onto the scenes. We were like, who the hell is this guy? 42-37 was the score. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? Was, that? I'm that, like, that was, it was here. Yeah. And Coach T harped on it. This kid, Patrick Mahomes, you know how he gets loud and go into meetings? And, yeah. Hey, he made a believer because we go down and we're pumping still because James kind of had a damn good year, okay? Mm-hmm. We held our own, but Patrick Mahomes – Turned into that guy that year, okay? And then just look at some of the other losses, man. By the, the 14, 16, okay, loss to the Ravens, win, win, win. The loss, okay, starting November 25th, 17, 24, at mile high, lost that one. And then the next few just really hurt you. L.A. Chargers lost that one, 33-30. Goodness. Okay, at Oakland Raiders, the L.A. game, or West Coast game, 24-21 by three, DK. And then win New England. Okay, remember that one? And then the uh, the New Orleans Saints game, 28-31. So many threes in that. Imagine what Le'Veon would have been able to do in a game at Denver. Okay, where we had to really figure stuff out. Imagine what he could have did in Oakland because that team wasn't that great. We just lost a terrible game, okay? At the Saints that game with a guy that can run the ball like him and Connor together. Like, it's the what could have been's. Which lends you to oh, the point gosh. that he's probably thought about that too, DK. Man. Like he had to have sat back and watched us. You bring and up say, Oakland. You bring think up about o- that game. Oakland. Go I, ahead, I, get no, there. I, no, I think about, I, I found the closet where they kept the x-ray machine mm-hmm. <laughs> to check Ben. Yeah. I'm just throwing that in as an aside yeah. in that dump. <laughs> In but, that but complete like, dump, but it was devastating. It was mm-hmm. devastating to you guys. How did that happen in that circumstance? Yeah, he could have made a difference. I am purposely pulling the plug on you on the Lev thing here because I know where this is heading, and, and it's not going to be pretty. 
It's yeah. not. I know it's not going to be pretty. We're going to take a break and come back with <laughs> Hey Moan. I'm here to help you. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Now that I've settled him down a little bit here, at least a little bit, Ooh, a little so. bit here. <laughs> Before we get to uh, the the actual question, Ryan Stanley, our guy from yesterday, uh, who we were riding pretty good here for misspelling Ramon's first name and calling him Ramon. Ramon. I just want to share with you what Ryan sent to us after actually watching the show. He says, thank you for busting my chops. I feel like one of the fellas. As well as the response, that interview was one of the most inspiring sports interviews I've seen. And I appreciate your comment. He's talking to you, Moan, about Coach T giving you life lessons. Moan, that was why I asked you to be honest in your answer. Coach T seems like such a wise soul. I want to learn more from him. DK, I agree with you about the show ending. It's a total (laughs) bummer that it did. Thanks, fellas. Let's do it again tomorrow. That's really cool, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I seriously appreciate that, man. And again, we always encourage you to, you know, comment in the uh, comment section and stuff like that. I'm in there. Eddie Providence in there, also a producer of the show. And DK, you'll sneak in with a like or two here or there. So we're, we're paying attention to all of that, man. Uh, but but yeah, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you can take a little it's joke. Good too. stuff. Good stuff. Now now on to our to our actual hey moan. It comes I'm from James. Roll. It comes from James Lawson. And he says, Hey, Moan, great story about Mike Tomlin. I still hate that he doesn't get the respect that he truly deserves. I guess that's another podcast for another day. But my question is, since we all have concerns about Matt Canada and Tomlin is known as a defensive coach, does Tomlin ever get involved in drawing up offensive plays or offensive schemes? Or does he just give a yes or a no to a particular play? It's not that simple with him as far as like a yes or no. His microphone switches offense and defense. He is the head coach. There are situations in which he wants to see stuff. I I know this for sure uh, as, as far as Coach Haley goes and how he operated with him and just guys after him. It was, hey, we need to do this. We got to make sure we do that. Run the ball. Yeah, come out of halftime. If if all Tomlin says to his offensive coordinator, based on everything I've heard from his coaches over the years, is, Mm -hmm. hey, hey, gentlemen, let's run the ball. And then it's up to them to figure out what the actual schematics are on that. 100%. And the thing behind that too, DK, is the idea that Coach Tomlin might not call plays offensively, but you got to think to yourself, he is a defensive-minded coach, so you understand concepts and what's supposed to happen, who's supposed to be where. So he speaks the language. The idea of calling the plays, I don't want to say that's a specialty of his. Would he want to do that? No. Is he capable? Hell yeah. I think we all kind of know that about Coach T right now. He's very capable. Um, But but, uh, I guess you say a nudge here, a nudge there to get the job done to find ways to get a win um i think everybody see the flow of the game and what's what uh if a guy is hot i guarantee you when ben was on let seven work ride the horse ride the horse and 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 i've said this before he is one of his 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 models i don't care what great ideas come from just let's get the win and everybody put their hand in the pile that's his role so as far as Matt Canada goes, because that's where we're kind of, you know, moving that needle to as, as close as we get to training camp. I think we're about, what, 12, 13 days away from that. We are. Uh, with, with, with that being said, man, you, you look at him and say, all right, he probably has his eye on him the same way that we do. I don't think it's with the same malice because he's a fair and open guy. But the, 
you know, you look at this roster offensively, even as young as they are. I saw somebody rank this team. It's the season of list, okay? That's the 24th, I think, best roster. And I'm, I'm like, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent on this team. And if he doesn't maximize it, young quarterback or revamped quarterback, I think that's a sham. And I think Coach T will look at it that way, too, and challenge him. Like, we, we talk about what he does to players, Okay, we talk about how he talks to us and how what he demands of us. The demands that he has from his coaches is just as high as the players performing on the field, because if they don't get us ready, prepared and in the right places, he ain't going to show it to us. But I think we know the moves that are made. I'd be remiss if I didn't share here before we sign off for the day that you got a special indirect hay moan coming your way from Brett Kiesel, who I ran into today up at the Penguins Development Camp in Cranberry. He has seen the show. We we have no reason to fear that the beard is not watching. I love show. that dude. It's impossible not to. Impossible. I told him that we actually just coincidentally had given him a shout the previous day when we were talking about great entrances to Latrobe and we he got special mention and he goes, Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's him. That's him, dog. Oh, wow. Let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. Absolutely.